Hi everybody, welcome back. I am so thankful that you chose to stop by my little corner of the podcast world. I have to say that if you've listened to a number of my podcasts so far and you're enjoying them, it would mean so much to me if you were able to leave a review or even leave a rating. You can rate this on Spotify on a one to five, five being the best, one being not so best, and any sort of reviews or comments or feedback honestly is so welcome. I'm putting it out there, like please feel free to give me feedback. I'm always open to it and it means so much to me just to know that someone is listening because sometimes it's kind of hard to know, is this resonating with anyone when you're really putting yourself out there? And that is a little bit of what I wanna talk about today. Today we're gonna be talking about how you start to identify your purpose and what the process looks like to help you understand your why. Both of those things are gonna be covered in today's episode. So if you've ever had the question, why am I here? What the heck is my purpose here on this earth? What am I meant to do? This episode is for you. Okay, so up until relatively recently, I've just had this ever lingering life question. What is my life's purpose? It honestly would leave me feeling so energetically drained just thinking about this question. So how do we even uncover this? Like, do people know this from the jump? Those were some of the questions I asked myself. Is this like a download you get when you go to college? Like. And you go to college and you immediately determine what you want your major to be, or you just knew all along. I was never someone who knew what I wanted to do with my life. And I always felt like I had so many different things that I really liked, so it was really hard to just fine tune into one specific area. For instance, when I was younger, I did ballet, hip hop, jazz, tap, and musical theater. And it was really all in like a spirit of identifying which one I liked best so that I could focus on it. But here's the thing. I loved them all, but I really liked hip-hop the most, I think because of the music, but also because it was a little bit less structured. But it was still hard because I did like them all. They all offered something a little bit different and unique, and I felt like I could really resonate with all of them. So they were all special to me, and it honestly felt so limiting to me to understand what I wanted to do. Like, how am I supposed to know? And what if I didn't just have one thing that applied to me that I liked? What if I felt like I had multiple things that I wanted to do or that I really liked or that resonated with me? And what if I didn't want to necessarily just go in one guided direction? What if I wanted to go into multiple directions and just kind of see where it took me? So I unsurprisingly changed my major when I got to college, but surprisingly, I only changed it one time. So, and I guess it's not necessarily changed. I went from undecided to decided that I was majoring in psychology. And I had initially intended on majoring in broadcast journalism. That was literally why I chose the school that I went to because there was a specific major for broadcast journalism. However, after learning that a number of the on-air personalities had to first really make it, like in the middle of nowhere towns before going to you know, some sort of a major metropolis, I really just felt like it wasn't for me. 
for me, the idea of being able to connect with people, to kind of get like an acting gig, because you're on air, you're you're on, like a camera is on, and you are literally part, you know, you're being yourself, but you're still acting in a way. And I just knew that I wanted something bigger than that. So I knew that I couldn't dedicate myself to broadcast journalism because I felt like at least, you know, some somewhere intuitively at the time I felt like it was going to be going backwards like I needed to be expansive and not restrictive and I felt like that environment might be restrictive to me because you don't necessarily have control on where you're being placed you need to make it in a small town first literally make a name for yourself do whatever the local is and then you can go more mainstream and one thing that I've learned from all of the personal work that I've done for myself thus far is that establishing intuition literally first starts with awareness you cannot change something you are not aware of you cannot understand your purpose without becoming aware of what your strengths are what you have to work on and you know truly you can't identify any of those things without actually doing the work and a lot of this work and I say that in air quotes because it is work and I think a lot of nowadays I feel like people really think of healing and manifestation and meditation is kind of like this trend that you can just turn on and off but it is work it's intentional you're aware of it absolutely all the time and it's really important if you actually want to make any meaningful changes so a lot of this work that I did started with prompts and these prompts are ultimately they're doors for you to open to identify what's inside what's inside of you Damn, that's a good analogy. Proud of myself for that one. So if you're looking at a bunch of locked doors, like imagine that you're walking down a hallway and all of a sudden you're turning and in this circle that you're turning, you're seeing a ton of doors and they're just these plain wooden doors. They all have the same boring circular doorknob and none of them are open. So you're just looking at these closed doors and wondering, what the heck am I doing here? Like that honestly that would be a little bit overwhelming. And honestly, it would feel like an energy blockage. Like for me, when I think of that, I just think of the feeling of claustrophobia. Like you can't move forward unless you go through one of those doors. And each one of those doors represents something that you need to uncover to identify the best version of yourself. And the first thing that you need to do is explore. You need to walk through one of those doors. You need to be your own intuitive explorer to uncover the fears that you're hiding in your unconscious that might be limiting you from uncovering and living your very best life. And that's kind of what prompts act to do. You can ask yourself a prompt. You can look up a prompt on Instagram. I actually use Pinterest a lot because I feel like I love the visual nature of Pinterest if I'm looking for something to help me resonate. You can read a book. There are so many books out there now that actually give you journaling prompts at the end of chapters once it's it's meant to provide an overview of what you're seeking to learn. So here's an overview of X. Great, you finished the chapter. You've understood why X matters. And now I want you to put it into practice to identify something about yourself that will resonate with what you just read so that you can uncover something that you might not have before. I feel like if I had read some of these books years ago, I would be much more into some of the prompts, but I feel like I've already done some of that work, so I 
I wanted to read the books first and then I will go back to the prompts at another point in time but I didn't feel at the time that all of the prompts were totally necessary to where I was in my healing journey however I do think that all of those prompts are incredibly important and you can start anywhere so I think that the best thing that you can do is truly to just ask yourself some of, ask yourself some questions. Identify some questions. You might not have any idea what these questions look like and that is totally okay because the purpose is to explore in your mind like the first things that come up to you when you're prompted with a question. And for me, I've always been a journalist and I don't mean I've been reporting on breaking news. I've always just been a writer. I've loved to write. I used to write short stories. And I also had diaries throughout my entire childhood. And I feel like before journaling became as popular as it is nowadays, we had diaries. So I would write to myself. I would share things like my feelings and emotions. I would talk about my day. I would reflect on what I experienced. And reading back through my diaries is so interesting for me now. And I would write about conversations I had, people I'd engaged with, things that hurt me or made me happy or things that I questioned. Why did my friend do this? Or why did this happen to me? Or why am I feeling this way? And looking back on some of those diary prompts makes me just put so much love to my inner child, to that girl who was really trying to just figure it out and who intuitively knew that journaling was a way to address, understand, and be purposeful with some of your emotions and put thoughts on the paper and visualize how things could be different. I was way ahead of the curve when it comes to journaling. I was doing this in literally like second grade. And ultimately, one of the most important things I found in my healing process is that reflection equals understanding. I'm going to say that again. Reflection equals understanding. The more that you reflect on yourself, the more you will understand yourself. More, more recently, I came across human design and I have truly become obsessed with it because it's a helpful tool that enables you to better understand your model. So for instance, if you purchase a car, you have to buy a particular model. So you're purchasing it for specific reasons, functionalities, how many people it sits, you know, the stereo that it has, the tires, the rims, yada, yada. I feel like each of us are our own models similar to cars. We each have a make. You know, this is like what you identify with. And a model, this is just how you're built. And a number assigned to us in human design. And that literally is our human design. It tells you it's basically a user manual for your life and how to live the very, very, very best life that you can live if you were operating as your highest self. And curiosity and openness have opened me up to this path to spirituality that I'm on today and it took me many years to listen to the signs from the universe about this and I no longer have fear associated with expressing this I 100% am aware that I do have intuitive gifts and I'm starting to hone them I'm investing in myself I'm building my power and I'm learning tools and strategies to help myself establish like an authority uh, you know, to help myself establish that I want to be an authority figure in healing, in wellness, in human design, in just life coaching, in being able to provide perspective on how we turn trauma into triumphs. And I'm trying to engage purposefully with more people who really lift up my vibrational current and enable me to live at the highest possible purpose that I can. That is a huge step forward for me. 
Do I know what my purpose is? You know, I genuinely feel like I'm getting a lot closer to what that looks like. And that makes me giddy. And I think that getting here, like looking back, I am so freaking proud of myself. I still have a lot of work to do when it comes to things like intuitive eating, um, my mindset around food, my mindset around my body, and a lot of the fear-based responses that I kind of built up during my eating disorder journey. And in addition, things that I hid away and I'm still uncovering that I brushed under the rug during my healing journey. So I'm going to give a few examples of some prompts that I think if you're very much new to just intuitive guidance and being guided on a healing journey or just really spirituality at all, if any of that resonates with you where you're interested in you know, understanding how to work as your highest self or who am I as my highest self, here are some prompts that you can jot down and journal around and you can set a timer. I think if you're new to this, it's helpful to set a timer so that you don't feel like you're just sitting there. Okay. How freaking long am I supposed to do this? I do think it seems a little bit daunting at first to think, how long am I supposed to do this? Like, what am I supposed to do? Am I just supposed to sit here with a pen and a journal and like write to myself like, hello, Kylie, today we're feeling pretty tired. And I think that that's honestly a fear-based response. The idea of feeling stupid or having fear about how you're even going to portray, like how you're being portrayed to even yourself is very real. It's a very real feeling. And I think that as long as you acknowledge it, okay, I'm going to give this a try. It might not feel totally natural to me, but it's going to be something that might help me or might make me feel better about myself. The goal of doing any of these prompts is to uncover something about yourself that you might be bearing away somewhere that's contributing to any sort of fear-based living, responsiveness, reactions that aren't allowing you to operate as your highest self. And I think that that's really important. Journaling can hold so many values and whether you want to, I mean, you can even use a voice memo on your phone. Ask yourself a question and respond verbally with the first thing that comes to your mind. Listen to, listen to it back, save it on your phone, listen to it. You could write on your computer. You could write, you know, wherever. I do think that journaling by hand though is, it feels a little bit more meaningful. It's just like a handwritten card. It's not something that you need to do because you have other tools at your disposal, but it feels more authentic and more personal. And this is very much personal work. And I think that it deserves, you know, a personal um, like attempt at figuring out what you're trying to, what you're trying to say and what you're trying to get to. So back to some of the prompts. Who am I? Who am I? Who am I? It can send you in a tailspin or it can be the simplest question that has you the most confused that you have ever been. Who the hell am I? That's a great question. Hmm, what the hell does that mean? How am I supposed to answer this? How long am I? How long is my answer supposed to be? I think when I first started, it was very much my mind, pro, my thought process was very much like that. Who am I? What the hell does this mean? Um, I'm me, I'm here, I'm doing this journal prompt, 
I don't know what I'm supposed to say. And that's it. And it literally felt like I was so resistant to the process because I genuinely felt like at the time I had no idea who I was. My identity was based on an eating disorder and my identity was based on what I weighed and how I felt others perceived me. There was very little in between in that substance. Like there was very little substance at that time because so much of the substance I had just buried away or I had thrown it away completely. I used drinking as a means to hide my true emotions or make myself feel better about myself. I started arguments with people unnecessarily. I drank to black out and would say really mean things and do really mean things without honestly even understanding what I was doing at all because I was totally out of control. And that's not okay and that is absolutely not the person that I want to be today. I think the who am I is one of the best prompts because you can do that every single day and your answer can change and that is totally okay. It's totally okay. We are meant to change and evolve and I can truly say like since the time my husband met me when I was 19 to the person that I am now at 34, I have changed tons of times and thank God for that because who I was then compared to who I am now are two separate people. Yes, I might have been thinner at certain points in time and sometimes I still look at myself and I am mortified at what I see in the camera, but I am the happiest that I have ever been despite the weight, despite the number. And I say that and I feel resistance in my voice because I want to look differently. And I think another prompting question is where am I holding on to fear in reaching my goals? I'll say that one again. Where am I holding on to fear in reaching my goals? One thing that is very prominent in the book I'm reading right now that's called A Return to Love by Marianne Williamson is that we do everything in love. There are only There is only love and fear. And fear is an illusion because there's only love. So I know that might seem a little bit confusing and it's honestly a, a lot to take in. But it's really just saying that if we all just operated from a place of love instead of a place of fear, we would follow our hearts. We wouldn't chase money because we'd be doing something we loved and therefore we'd be rewarded for it. People would understand that we were doing it because we loved it so much. We would become a resource for other people who were seeking what we were providing. We would support each other and have the tough conversations. We would do the work. We would aim to do things for the planet, not against it. For other people, not against them. In connection with our true selves, not against it. And I think that that is one of the most powerful messages. And when it comes to fear, I think that when you really start paying attention, and like I said earlier, when you become aware, When you really start paying attention and become aware and you think back into situations where you feel like you responded or acted in a way that truly does not align with your higher higher or highest self, it's very clear to identify situations that you might have acted out of fear. I think fear for me has a lot to do with image and a lot to do with how I might be portrayed. I had so much fear into how others might perceive me that... I think it literally like contributed to my eating disorder. And mind you, eating disorders are 100% a mental illness. I think John Hopkins University said that like something, there's a stat that I think it's like 30 million people 
in the United States have eating disorders today. And my eating disorder was not anorexia, which is highly about control. Mine was bulimia and binge eating because I was heavily out of control. It was so much about feeling out of control and that I had absolutely no grasp on things that were happening to me. I felt like I was completely spiraling out of control and I would just go wild and eat whatever I wanted just to specifically throw up because I knew that, oh, it won't matter. Everything to me was like, it doesn't matter. I'm just going to harm myself time and time again because it doesn't matter. And that was a fear-based response. I didn't think that I mattered. The only thing that mattered about me was the image that I portrayed and how other people thought about me. And if other people didn't understand me, it would infuriate me because I felt so misunderstood. I felt like no one saw me. And I think there's a fear now of like being seen. It's like I'm, I'm using weight as this filter so that people don't actually have to see me. And that's something that I've identified in some of the healing that I've done. And I think that once you actually take time to look into a question like that, like where is fear holding me back, you will really begin to identify how fear plays such a heavy role in your life and how it will hold you back from doing things that might be so aligned with what you want to do. For instance, let's say that you want to wake up early and do a workout or go to the gym, but every time that alarm hits in the morning, you just snooze and snooze and snooze and snooze until the window that you might have been able to actually do that workout has completely passed. Now the day has started, your calls are kicking off, or the babies are up, and you know that they're not going to be down again for another five, six hours, and then they'll nap for 20 minutes, which won't give you enough time to do that because you need to do all of these other things. And so you're continuously in this loop. Sorry, water break. Where you're putting yourself in this self-sabotage, and this is currently where I am. So I'm doing a lot of work on identifying my self-sabotaging behaviors and figuring out ways where I can break the cycle. <clears throat> so once you get into that self-sabotaging behavior, it's almost like you get in this mental quicksand and this physical quicksand. You want to be able to break out of the quicksand, but for some reason you are just physically and mentally stuck. You know what you need to do, but you don't know how to break out of it. And that becomes a place of comfort, being stuck. And you'll never be able to fulfill your purpose in life or find out what your true intentions are if you never put yourself out of your comfort zone. And it might not seem intuitive that getting up early to do a workout when you really want to be fit is getting yourself out of your comfort zone, but it is. Because oftentimes the things that seem the easiest are actually the hardest to start. And it seems super easy. Just like get a 20 minute workout in. Like, why is that so hard? You can do, you do so many other things for 20 minutes, like scrolling on TikTok or Instagram or Pinterest or whatever. But when it comes to you, you are likely more willing to let yourself down than you are anyone else. And I know that firsthand because I 100% will let myself down before I ever let anyone else down because being there for others and showing up for other people is something that I felt like people didn't do for me. So doing it for other people meant a lot to me. Like I would do, I will do little to nothing. <sighs> Wait, that didn't make sense. I will do anything for the people that I care about. I will drop anything. I will pay anything. I will purposely try to do something special for you. But when it comes to actually just breaking the chains and doing something for myself, I have a hard time. And 
you're going to have a hard time finding your purpose if you never challenge yourself to do something different. And I think that saying, you know, the, tr- the true meaning of insanity is doing the same thing and expecting different results. And that's pretty much where I am today. And I think where I am today is I've come to understand that I need to listen to my body, but I also need to challenge myself. And doing that is something that I'm working on through prompts. So why am I purposefully holding myself back? That's another journal prompt. Why am I purposefully holding myself back? What actions can I take to move myself towards my goals? What actions can I take to move myself towards my goals? You wouldn't even imagine some of the things that come up for yourself when you actually start doing these journal prompts. And one other thing that I would absolutely recommend is that if you're going to be doing any journaling where you're going to be asking yourself some of these questions that I would honestly consider tough questions, like very much reflective questions, set a space for yourself. Set an intention for yourself. Don't set like a goal where, okay, I have to only do this for 10 minutes or You know, I wouldn't put boundaries around it. I would set an intention around it, but I definitely wouldn't set a boundary around it. And what I mean by that, the difference between setting an intention and setting a boundary. Setting an intention is I'm going to allow myself to go with the flow and not expect or be tied to the outcome of this session. And I like to think of everything as a practice or a session because to me that feels just more authoritative. It feels like you're taking more control over it. What I mean by a boundary is saying, I will only give myself five minutes to do all of these things so that I can just move on with my life because that's coming at it from a negative mindset. It's coming from it from a lack mindset. I only want to do this for so long because it's pointless. It's taking up, you know, I have other more important things to do. There is nothing more important than putting time for yourself, for your healing. I think people and I even thought that healing was something that just seemed so easy. It was like a light switch light switch off, you're struggling, light switch on, oh, I'm healed, hooray. Like it was something miraculous that God would just heal you, it was a miracle, and then you move on. You can put strength in God and hand over the reins to God, universe, higher power, spirit, whatever you want to call it, and you still might not be healed that day. But you know what? You have not gone through every situation that you've gone through and landed where you are in life today because you weren't meant to and I think that's something that's really important it's really hard to look back at certain situations that might have been very painful or traumatic for you and think why the heck did I go through this but that's also another journal prompt what situations have I gone through that have shaped who I am that's a really tough one because it's going to require a lot of introspection And you might not be ready to answer some of those. And this is why a lot of people call this the work. Because it takes work and courage to heal yourself. The easy way out is to do none of the work. And just move forward doing what you're doing without learning a damn thing. It takes a lot of work to be able to identify and become aware of things about yourself that you don't really like. And that you might want to change. And that you don't think you're doing in, in, you know, in the power of your best self. It is work to be able to say, I am not living my best life and I need to change something. That might mean ending a relationship. 
And that could be a relationship with like liquor, social media, you know, harmful videos, like, you know, fighting videos that show up or MMA that like just really throws your energy for a loop if you're watching it. Like you have to be the purveyor of your own life, but you can also hand over things that feel overwhelming to your higher power. And for some people listening to this, it may seem like this is like a total other side of me than they're used to knowing. And it kind of is because I honestly feel like I have learned and grown so much from my healing process. The ability for me to connect with my spirit guides, angels, higher power, God is so much stronger than it was years ago. I have come so far and I am truly, truly so proud of myself. I am just getting started on my healing journey and some of the prompts that I've shared here are some of the questions that I've asked myself. Some of the other prompts that I have used in some of my journaling are things like, what makes me happy? And jotting those out. Another thing, and Kim Salters of Design Thought Studios actually asked me this question during one of our, during our intuitive guidance session. She asked me, like, what are three words that really resonate with you? Like, what, what words make you feel safe, happy, like, content? Like, what are, what are those for you? And that was a really interesting question because I love assigning, like, a theme or a word to something that's meaningful to me. So, for instance, I released a podcast a little while ago about my word of the month for January, which was courage. My word of the month for February, I kind of didn't know, but it was discipline, making and sticking to my habits. And my word for March is determination. And determination to me is really the act of moving forward, the act of being courageous, being curious, and seeking to identify things, like being determined to get shit done, explore put intentions behind things and just have a good fucking time. I mean, I'm determined to continue doing this work that I'm doing because I know more than ever that my purpose is to share this message with other people. My purpose is to research into human design. Uh, My purpose is to share my unique gifts. Some of those gifts are the fact that I am truly intuitive as hell. Some of those gifts are the fact that I have a very unique experience that as a coach, you know, I can share my perspective of growing my salary, you know, from, let's see, growing my salary, like almost 200K in 10 years, like 200K more than what I was making in two years. Like I have a very unique, um, experience dealing with an eating disorder and going through healing, healing myself, finding my power, finding how to love my body. And I think that those are all things and also how to make it in the corporate world. Like I've been in corporate and I also am super interested in spirituality. How do those two align? Like how as a leader, as a coach, as a human being, as a mom, like do you take those parts of your identity and put it into one place where 
you're using your power in the best and you know most impactful way possible what does that mean like what does it mean to show up love first what does it mean to help others identify their purpose like how do you understand your why everything that i've talked about just most recently is like literally my why my why for starting this podcast is because i felt like i had this hunger to connect with other people I felt like I needed to use my voice for good and I needed to find a platform that felt truly authentic for me where I could be myself. I didn't have the pressure necessarily of being on video like you would on Instagram or TikTok or YouTube for that matter. I didn't feel like, you know, in this two-way conversation necessarily where people could be immediately commenting on something where it would take all of my brain power to not look at what the comments were. For me, this is the most authentic way for me to show up for an audience and for myself. Like I'm showing up because my why is I want to be able to share what I've learned through my healing journey and allow other women to apply it to their own journeys. It takes a lot of time and it does take a lot of support. I think that one aspect of healing that people don't really talk about that much and this is the part that I'm on, the path that I'm on right now. I'm very much at the phase where I've gone through my recovery so much that now I'm looking to continue to expand. Like I'm all about expansion and vibrations and, you know, how I can continuously expand my learning and my qualifications and capabilities to help other women. And that means investing in yourself. So I'm starting to look into, I'm starting, I've signed up for a course to continue my training and healing and learning and learning about all of these different modalities, connecting with businesswomen and money makers across the world who are using their platforms for similar things, who are intuitive guides, psychics, mediums, and really being able to connect with other women who are doing this as a career and who are helping other women find themselves and be the best version of themselves because ultimately there is no better thing than being able to support another human being and finding their power and that is my why i want to help other women find their power i want to help other women use intuition and you know and have intuitive guidance to understand that they have their own unique gifts that they just might not be able to see right now due to blinders from fear I want to help women work through fear-based responses and be able to be reactionary in a way that most aligns with their higher self. I want to help women understand their human design. I want to help women understand that you can do all of the things, that you can break bad habits and cycles, and you can create new ones that empower you. And that, I mean, I can honestly go on and on about the why, but it's helpful to say some of these things out loud, which is why I said, you know, if you do have prompts and you wanted to record yourself in like a voice memo, that might be a good way to just see what comes to mind. You know, you might have to obviously do this when you're by yourself and not necessarily do this when you're like in front of your kids at dinner, because that might just be an awkward platform for it. But when you have to answer things out loud, you become a lot more authentic. It's like when you're writing something and you have to read it out loud to be like, does this make sense? It's the same sort of thing. You can be talking to yourself or talking to your spirit guides or talking to God or whomever and just let the words flow. See how you feel. Ask yourself, what is my why? What is my purpose? And if you feel like you've journaled these things time and time again and you can't figure it out, literally give it to God. 
give it to spirit. Give it to the higher power. Give it to whomever you believe in. Buddha, I don't care. Just ask for guidance. Or just say, I'm struggling to identify my purpose. I believe that you have charted a specific and unique purpose for me. And I am putting it in your hands to allow me to understand and see this for myself when the time is right and when I am ready to receive this message. I think I'm going to leave it there because from here, I hope that you go out and get a journal. I hope that you ask yourself some of these prompts. And I hope that you take time for yourself to learn about yourself. Ask yourself questions. Uncover the who, what, where, when, and why about yourself that will allow you to see yourself in a new light, in the best light, and be able to move forward and operate in a place of such clarity, purpose, and joy that nothing can stop you. And live in love. My goodness, we need more of it so much. Again, if you've gotten to this episode, you are an amazing student. Thank you so much. I love you so much. And again, If you feel compelled, leave me a comment. Leave me a rating. Let me know what you're thinking about listening to this podcast. If the messages have been helpful for you, if this resonates with you, if it's a message that you needed to hear, if it was divine timing. I love synchronicities. So if you happen to come across this and you didn't know that you needed to, I would love to hear that also. So please, please don't hesitate to reach out. Don't be a stranger. And thank you so much stopping by Kylie says.